Welcome to the very successful and influential What You Don't Know podcast, hosted by me, Sean Roman, and you, Sarah Ross. And boy, howdy, Sarah, do we have <laughs> an absolute humdinger of a show today on the YDK pod, Sarah. I'm excited. We're going to be talking about something that the people out there may know some of, but not all of, or maybe all of it, or maybe none of. And what we'll be talking about today is the story of a Harvard and Princeton educated man arrested and charged with two life sentences in the largest LSD manufacturing bust in the history of time and space. Well, that was suggested for us to say by our friend Nicole, who said we don't talk about the topic before we go into our little bullshit small talk. And that was actually a great suggestion. So thank you, Nicole. We love you, Nicole. We'll do that in the future every single time. But before we get to the story, the topic for today, more of an update on our sad little lives that we have. <laughs> How are you doing, Sarah? Um, I'm all right. I'm kind of just existing. I was trying to, we were just trying to think of things that were happening interesting the past week that we could talk about. And I don't know. I just couldn't think of anything, nothing at all. So I've been doing nothing. I just been playing video games. It's disgusting. Yes. And you call yourself a gamer. I do not call myself a gamer. That's for sure. Well, you play like three different video games. You're a gamer. Um, I play Skyrim and I play Halo 3. So. And Minecraft and on <laughs> You were just playing Minecraft. That's what I interrupted you doing. So, But I was playing with my friends. Okay, I was playing Skyrim by myself. It's still Skyrim versus Minecraft. You're still the 11-year-old boy. No, 11-year-old boys play Skyrim. Or at least 11-year-old boys back in like 2009 when Skyrim came out. Oh my gosh. Play Skyrim. Shaming me. Anyway, you like to play, um, I would call them mindless games games where you don't really like have to think that much yeah right and that's like just so you can like chill out whatever absolutely not what kind of what kind of games do you think classify under mindless games minecraft okay well that one yes but that's your favorite my favorite skyrim i gotta make potions and enchant shit it's so much fun i don't i really gotta be thinking i gotta do puzzles I've seen you play Skyrim, and all you do is you get really high, and then you get lost in some cave for like <laughs> 60 minutes, and that's every time I watch you play I Skyrim. have so much fun, though. I have so much fun. And On then, your Xbox 360, which yeah, is stop. barely working. <laughs> Leave me alone. I have fun. It really entertains me. And also, I got that game for $2.99 at GameStop used, but I have literally been playing it for like the past year constantly, nonstop. It's like so much fun. $600. It was so much worth hours, it. Probably. It was so worth it. Mm. I wish I could do it again. I wish I could forget the whole game and do it again. Is there a Skyrim 2? I don't know. No, there's... I mean, there's a, older games than Skyrim no, I that want are kind of similar. And then there's this one. one that will eventually probably come out like a sequel. Yeah, well, anyway, I like to get into games like nine years after they were released. Yeah, so I've noticed if that. If you call me a gamer, then I guess that's what that is. Yep. But I don't think so. You're a gamer. Oh, wow. Wow. Now you're coming from me personally. Yeah. So uh, the other day while I was working, I was working by myself and our store 
the way it's set up. It's just a window, which I think we've mentioned before. But if you're the only one there, it's kind of tough if you're like in the back of the store and uh, someone's all the way up front because it takes like yeah. probably 30 seconds to walk all the way up to the window. So I saw someone at the top front of the store and I was all the way in the back and I started walking up to the window. By the time I got there, the guy had, had gone, but he had stolen all of the tips. That's ridiculous. I can't even believe this. How old was he? I, I He looked like an adult. Wow. It's a guy that I think I've seen before. And there mm -hmm. have been a couple of situations where I thought like the tip bucket had less money in it than I remember, but I kind of always had written it off. But this time I, I definitely knew someone had stolen the money because it was all completely gone. Wow. And when I had gotten in there, there was money in there. So I think it's been happening more than once, but this is the first time like I'm like definitively, yes, I know someone stole all the money <laughs> from the tip bucket. Even the change. You really even got like, some balls. Even I mean, like the, the pennies and stuff, some guy stole. That's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. None of this crazy stuff ever happens when I'm there. I know. Never. Never. As soon as I leave, then crazy shit goes yeah. on. But I'm really glad that the summer's almost over. Yeah, we'll be too. closing down in like a few weeks, and I'm excited. Yeah, this for summer that. has been a little bit. I'm gonna go on a little vacation. Ooh, where are you going? Probably, I'm gonna go up to Vermont Ooh. and uh, see my friends around the Burlington area of Vermont. They gotta go syrup there, right? Uh, they're known for syrup covered bridges, and like I think what is that? Ben mean? and Jerry, like a bridge that that's like got a a roof over it. What? It's just, I don't know how it's just... Maple syrup covered bridges. No, maple syrup and covered bridges. Oh, okay. That makes ben a lot more Jerry's sense. Ben and Jerry's too, the ice cream people. I've been to the original mm -hmm. Ben and Jerry's in Burlington. And I don't know, I can't, there's a lot of mountains there. They're called the Green Mountain State. Ooh, are you going to go hiking? Maybe. I don't care what you do, honestly. Just bring me back some maple syrup. <laughs> I brought back maple syrup for everybody last year. Do it I'll again. probably do it again. Hell yes. It doesn't... My friends that listen to this will be offended, but I really didn't taste that much of a difference between, like, the Aunt Jemima and then, like, the authentic... Well, they have, like, maple syrup, like, a bunch of different things. They have, like, maple syrup candies. Oh, bring me some of those. That's what I want. Maple syrup candies? Yes. You'll definitely be able to find them. Yeah, I'm sure. They're I'll really good. Them. They're really good. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to go cuz really I every year I go for Memorial Day weekend and this year I wasn't able to go cuz of COVID. And this will be my first time going in the fall, so it's very pretty up there like as all the leaves change colors, like that's when they actually get like most of their tourists going up there to watch the leaves change and go sit under the covered bridges. Yes. With their maple syrup candy. Yes. So oh, that'll be cool. Sounds magical. I'm looking for... What are you going to do? Nothing. I'm probably going to play Skyrim and get high. <laughs> sounds just like any other day for you. I know. That's sad. That's actually really sad. It's just this time of the year. <laughs> You're not going to celebrate like at all? Like, um, Probably not, no. The successful end of the summer? Probably Your not. Your hard, grueling no. hours? Probably not, no. Honestly, uh... A celebration to me sounds like sitting at home and doing nothing by myself. That sounds like a good time. I, well, feel like I don't get to do that day. too much. No, -uh. I don't sit at home by myself all day. I'm always like around people. 
and I got to do laundry. Laundry is <laughs> such a passive task because you just put it in there and you wait an hour. It's not like you're scrubbing it yourself. The best day to me just sounds like oh, a day where I have nothing to do, no responsibilities at all, and can spend it by myself. Like, oh my gosh, doesn't that just sound amazing? Yeah. Oh, I love being with my girlfriend, but I also love being by myself, away from everybody. Oh, because then I can play Skyrim, no interruptions. You can do that anyway. <laughs> That's not true. All right, so you were you asked were asking me a question about your friend because his birthday is tomorrow, and you still haven't gotten him a gift. I haven't, but he's kind of like you. He likes to play video games, not Minecraft though. Grown up video games grown video games yeah he's quirky quirky like you he's also got the same kind of beard so i figured that maybe you would have some suggestions um what how old is he he's gonna be 21 never mind i'll just get him alcohol what kind of dumb question is that you're right you're right you're right why would you even ask uh, you're uh, stupid i'm literally stupid and i know his favorite kinds of whiskey too i don't need because you. you're 21 now too i don't need you if, even though i don't have an id lol still i did, did you order... say lol out loud i did say laugh out loud i did order my birth certificate um though recently though a copy of it because i don't have my original one but i don't know how like like it said it was certified and everything i guess that means with like the rate i don't know how it works at all and i so don't you paid i paid 27 dollars, and i i feel like that's a suspect your birth certificate back. low amount Let's Google it. Yeah, and I think it was like a .gov. How much does it cost to get your birth certificate? It was telling me to call like my state. $25 per copy. See, I don't know. When I Googled it, I got different answers. It was telling me that I had to like... Well, number one, I went to the first link that popped up, obviously, as I do, and it was $27. It was cheap, so I just went ahead and did it. And then I Googled it in a different way, and it was telling me that I had to call like my state office for this this and that and i was like oh shit well then maybe it's not going to be like the certified birth certificate that i need to get all my documents back like my id which i need so badly i can't even drive i don't even have a driver's license i have nothing i'm not even a real person right now you gotta stop losing your wallet i have to and i don't know why i do it so much i should i need one of those because i never lose my phone so i need one of those phone cases where i can just put all of my cards in the back of my phone case i used to have one but But then if you lose your phone you're losing everything you know, I lose everything at least twice a week anyway. So if I don't lose everything at least twice a week and then like maybe once a year I lose everything, I think that's a win because I'm sick of it. Can you hear it in my voice? I'm sick of it. I hate losing my stuff, but it's all I do. I don't yeah, know what to do. I've never lost my wallet. I don't know if I need to take more vitamins to get my brain working better or what. You just got to do the, the triple pat. I, oh, I try to. I really try to. But then when I really fuck up is when I'm like, no, I'm sure it's in my backpack. I'm sure my uh, wallet's in my backpack. I haven't used it. And then I'll leave and I'll go somewhere else and then I don't remember where I was and I don't have my wallet and I don't know where the last place you, I had it every was. Every time you take out your wallet, just don't do anything until I try to, you but I'm mindless in- like 98% of the time. It's so frustrating. You are a very head empty person. Head, smooth brain almost all the time. Head empty, no thoughts. I hate it. I don't want to be like this. That's why I'm saying I need to maybe do some Sudoku or some crossword puzzles and exercise my brain more. I can't imagine you doing that. Sudoku? No, crossword puzzle, because you don't even We should play chess together. I'll beat your ass in chess. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Absolutely. All right, well, we can play. Do you even know how to play chess? Yes, I used to be in chess club in high school. All right, we can play chess. I'm not even kidding. I think I have a chess set here. All right, cool. I'll beat your ass. Okay. Violently. (laughs) 
All right, I guess um, let's get into our story today. So we're going to be talking about a story that goes through at least like three or four decades, starting in the 1940s, because that's when our main character of this story was born. I know you love the 40s. I do. I don't know why you said that. (laughs) The main character of our story is a man named William Leonard Picard. Born October 21st, 1945, he's a Libra in uh, DeKalb County, Georgia, which is where Atlanta is. He was born around Atlanta. Hmm. He came from a uh, pretty well-to-do family. His dad was a lawyer. His mother was an expert on fungal disease at the CDC, which is headquartered in Atlanta. So he comes from a little wealth and uh, fairly educated parents. In high school, he was an honor student, played on the basketball team, and won the award for most intellectual from his classmates. Did you ever win a, an award like that? Um, no, but I did win, and it, this sounds like a lie, but it's not. I won uh, the Golden Pencil Award in, I think, like what is that? eighth or ninth grade at my school, um, and that meant that I wrote the most sentences for a punishment out of anybody else um, in my grade that year, and it was like an astronomical amount. Because so my they science gave you teacher an hated award me. for a punishment. Yes. Because I wrote like 15,000 fucking sentences that year. He was an asshole. Every time I would like look the wrong way, he'd be like, sentences. I will not look the wrong way. 1,500 times. Why would they give you an award for that, though? Is it like a, they're mocking you? I guess. Actually, it's kind of fucked up to think about because like I had to receive it in front of the whole school. So, yeah, kind of. Wow. Do you still have it? I have trauma now. No, I don't have it anymore. I got nominated for friendliest in high school. Oh, really? I didn't win though. No, I wasn't. I didn't get any. I got nominated for for prom king, and then someone crossed my name out. <laughs> you got nominated for prom king. Yeah, <laughs> I was in high school. I occupied what I would what I would call like a weird space where like I was friends with like a lot of different like friend groups or cliques, but I was like a tertiary friend. I'm like the fringes of all those groups. So I wasn't like the person that like I was you just would a like social butterfly. ask to hang out with you. Like we would talk at school and we would like have fun at school. But then like I'd go home and like nobody would have asked me to like hang out with them because they would hang out with their like two or three main friends. And I was always like the B list friend. The Duff. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like my high school experience. So I guess that comes off as like being friendly. Yeah. I don't really keep up with like almost anyone from my graduating class in high school. I wasn't even in my yearbook. I was in the yearbook club. I helped to make the yearbook for uh, my school. Wow, the only thing really I did other than like I was in chess club and then I think I was maybe in another club and I was also lying earlier. I'm not good at chess at all. I joined it just so like, I don't know, I guess it would look good to for something. To meet women? Yeah, yeah, to meet my chess ladies. <laughs> um but anyway, I was in that class or that club, and then I think I was in like one more, and then the only like extra thing that I did was band. I played I sports in, too. But I was in chess was club was in middle school, and then I did. I was captain of cross country. Mm. Wow! So but you got those those nice sinewy legs. I wasn't a very good lanky student. Muscle legs, and I don't think you were either. Oh no, I was a horrible student. I mean, I wasn't like I didn't. I wasn't disruptive, like trouble causing or anything. But grades wise, no, I was not the best student. I just don't like school. 
Yeah, me either. Yeah, I don't think I'm a stupid person. I think I make well, smart, smart choices. Although I did just sit here and talk about how all I do is smoke weed and play Skyrim. <laughs> I do actually make good choices. But I don't you know. know. High school, just like, oh, I hated it. I was like, don't tell me what to do. Please don't tell me to do this because I'm just not going to now that you asked me to do it. So I was yeah. like that, which so we, was stupid. We aren't like Picard at all. No. Because he was an honors student. He played on the basketball team. He won the most intellectual thing. And after graduating high school, he managed to earn a scholarship to Princeton University, uh, despite being arrested for driving a stolen car and forging checks. Nice. Uh, But after attending Princeton for only one term, he dropped out, preferring instead to hang out at the jazz clubs in Greenwich Village in Manhattan. That's a man of taste. Which is about like an hour train ride from Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, people just, you know, they couldn't get enough of jazz back then. It was just, everybody loved jazz. But by 1971, at the age of 26, with no formal college degree, Picard landed a job as, as the research manager at UC Berkeley's Department of Bacteriology and Immunology in California, a job he had for three years. So although he never graduated from college he was able to sort of get by on his remarkable intelligence he was an extremely intelligent well he's still alive he is an extremely intelligent man although you could argue that he never really uh lived up to his potential in a way that would benefit mankind he kind of thinks he did but we'll get to that so he had that job for three years after this he sort of has about a 20-year gap where he didn't work in academia that much he did attend classes public records show he studied chemistry at san jose state and stanford universities and while in attending san francisco state university he took a course on social drugs taught by a man named alexander shulgin his friends call him sasha and Sasha is considered by many to be the godfather of ecstasy. He conducted pioneering research on the hallucinogenic amphetamine MDMA. In 1976, mm-hmm. Picard was arrested again in San Mateo County in California for possessing peyote cactus, which if you ingest or I guess, sm- I don't know anything about peyote. Do I think you, smoke- you make tea out of you- it. I think you can smoke it or like ingest it. Maybe I'm thinking of a different plant, but I think you make. There's like a f- several plants. I think it's is that one of the plants that you use for DMT, or am I thinking about other plants? I don't know. I feel like it is. I think I'm right. I think I'm right, but I might not be. But anyway, he got in trouble because he was had this cactus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in 1977, in a raid on his house in Portola Valley, police seized a small ecstasy lab and he served six months in prison for having this ecstasy. On his release from prison this time, uh, he began being much more cautious with his drug making, being very careful to not draw more attention to himself. But let's step back for a minute from Picard and just talk a little bit about LSD. LSD is lysergic acid diethylamide, maybe. That's how you say it. Diethylamide. Diethylamide. LSD, or most people just call it acid. If you take it, typically you experience, you know, altered thoughts, feelings, hallucinations, and effects from LSD can last up to 12 hours. Some side effects include 
dilated pupils, increased blood pressure and body temperature, anxiety, paranoia, and delusions. Also something that sounds really horrible is this thing called hallucinogen persisting perception disorder, which is when a a person still experiences flashbacks or hallucinations from a previous drug experience even though they are no longer on the drug. Some people, their brains are just wired that even when they come off the LSD, they're still going to see hallucinations, which is horrible. Scary. Yes. Uh, Death from an LSD overdose is not known to occur. However, people who are tripping on acid have died just because, you know, they don't know what's going on around them. And they, like, walk into traffic or something like that. Uh, You can't really get addicted to LSD, but you can build up a tolerance and require stronger doses. It is different than MDMA in that way because you can develop an addiction to ecstasy. Mm -hmm. But it is used mainly for drugs. uh, It's mainly used for recreational use and sometimes spiritual purposes. The effects of LSD are believed to occur as a result of the drug altering the serotonin system in the brain. About 10% of people in the U.S. admit to having used LSD. That was from a survey in 2017. Really? Only 10%? No, it's way higher than I thought it was going to be. I'm just. You thought it would be higher than that? Yeah. No, I don't feel like LSD is like in the mainstream anymore. Everybody does MDMA now. Nobody does LSD. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> MDMA. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. MDMA is like way more popular than than LSD is. I mean, I, I people guess people our see age that. are all like everybody does Molly. I mean, yeah, duh. Instead, no, but like I'm saying, people our age don't take acid; they just do Molly. Okay, I'll I'll go ahead and believe you. I mean, if you disagree, you could say I do disagree. I think way more people take Molly though. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Not in my personal experience, however. You have a bunch of weird friends. I do have a bunch of weird friends. You're right. Maybe I am actually just out of touch. (laughs) So LSD was first made by Swiss chemist Albert Hoffman in 1938 from this thing called lysergic acid, which is a chemical found in fungus. So LSD really came from this type of fungus that grows on this rye plant. It comes from rye this fungus called ergot. And Hoffman discovered its hallucinogenic properties after eating it in 1943. So LSD really was born around when Picard was in 1945. So he was born in 45. LSD discovered its hallucinogenic properties in 43. So they came up around the same time. And at the time he was growing up, you know, it was a very new drug. Nowadays in 2020, there aren't that many like new drugs that keep coming out and if they are like they're not like they're like alterations on existing drugs but this is around the time you know the 60s the 70s when all these new drugs sort of started coming out lsd being one of the bigger ones so it was legal to take lsd all the way up until 1966 and there was this whole counterculture movement around lsd was in the 60s involving the you know the hippie movements uh art and music these people are considered to be a part of what's sometimes called the love generation. And the, some of those people believe that LSD and other psychedelics could produce better culture for society. 
Yes. Because everybody would be tripping balls all the time. Yes. Wouldn't be able to get anything done, I guess. No. But large groups of people followed bands like the Grateful Dead or Jefferson Airplane. And LSD distribution networks were set up around these bands. So as these bands toured around, you know, Grateful Dead is probably the most famous for it. Their fans were called the Deadheads. And <laughs> they would just literally just follow this band around and just take copious amounts of drugs. And that was just their life. So many famous musicians in the late 60s, early 70s were LSD users. The Beatles, The Stones, Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix, a whole lot more, but those are just some major ones. LSDs just spawned this whole genre of art and music with the psychedelic rock genre. And I think nowadays in 2020, again, LSD has fallen off a little bit, at least in my personal experience. <laughs> But I, because I think MDMA is is the biggest thing with with young people. No, it's definitely Coke. Coke is definitely number one. You think? Uh huh. I think there's a lot of people who would who consider would consider Coke to be a lot harder than and like Coke is like. It's not a psychedelic. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like Coke is like a line they wouldn't cross. But like there are people who wouldn't do Coke but would do MDMA. Really? I feel like if you're up to the Molly level, you're probably just up to the Coke level. I feel like Coke... I feel like a lot more people do Coke than a lot of people realize, unfortunately. I feel like Coke has more of a negative connotation, though. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Than ecstasy. Even though you can still get addicted to ecstasy, but I think people think... Ecstasy is like meth. Yeah, but I think people think ecstasy is like LSD because it's hallucinogenic, so you don't... It's not as harmful for you as other ones even though you can like get heart palpitations and shit from from doing molly mm-hmm. so well molly is like the pure form of ecstasy so it's better for you than ecstasy ecstasy is like you might as well take meth <laughs> <Dead ass. laughs> i mean if you if you have add and you take like adderall and stuff i mean our oh, generation yeah. is just so oh, yeah. used to to doing methamphetamines that's true that, and it's really sad but it is true yeah so you know, LSD is a huge thing in, in this time in America. It's obviously like a huge influence on the culture at this time. And I mean, the CIA thought they could use LSD for mind control. So they started this program called MK Ultra to try to mind control people. And Ted Kaczynski, who's the American terrorist that we know as the Unabomber, he was a part of that program. And there's, there's just so many examples that you could talk about when it comes to LSD and American culture. But our, I mean, our whole episode about the woman jacking off the dolphin, that wouldn't have happened if LSD didn't exist. That's true. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. So back to Picard. In, in 1988, a, ne- a neighbor of an architecture shop in Mountain View, California, noticed an odd chemical odor and phone police Agents found a lab and seized more than 200,000 doses of LSD. Nice. While taking the lab apart, one agent became so heavily dosed with LSD, he collapsed into convulsions. He had to be taken to the hospital where they gave him Valium. He was then released from the hospital. And then while he was taking a shower in his house, the Valium wore off and he kept, he was still oh, that's dosed with LSD. So he can, just started convulsing in a shower and had to go back to the hospital. That sucks. So Picard was charged with making the LSD. He uh, pled guilty and he served another five years in prison. Later, officials revealed that Picard was actually an informant for state and federal drug agents at the time. 
Picard says he helped police investigate people supplying equipment to make meth. Picard has a belief that psychedelic drugs like LSD are beneficial, but he has a very negative view of addictive drugs like heroin and cocaine. He believes that drugs like that are sort of like a scourge on society and drugs like LSD will elevate humanity to like a higher plane of understanding or something like that. At his hearing over his drug bust, U.S. District Court Judge Marilyn Hall Patel warned Picard, who was 44 years old by that point, said that, I hope that the years in the federal penitentiary will be spent wisely. You don't have much time left to straighten out your life. And spoiler alert, he really did not straighten out his life at all. <laughs> he was released from Terminal Island Prison near L.A. in 1992. While in prison, he became a vegetarian, learned to meditate, and was ordained as a Buddhist priest. Picard lived at this place called the San Francisco Zen Center for two years after being released from prison. And to me, it seems like a rich people trap. They sort of make you pay like a lot of money to live in a, in a pretty small room and like pretend like you're a monk because, you know, these are Americans, you know, these aren't, you know, traditional Buddhist people. You know, Americans are sort of culture vultures and they're kind of just stealing the idea of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially the rich white ones. Yes. So they would eat that shit. Ah. So they're just sort of living out some weird fantasy. So he lived <laughs> there for two years. While he was living there, he was also attending more classes at UC Berkeley. Then in 1994, he moved on and enrolled at Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government, where he focused on drug abuse in the former Soviet Union. And he theorized that the booming black market and many unemployed chemists in the Soviet Union could lead to a flood of the drug market in Russia. He turned out to be right. And uh, Picard was the first American researcher to predict an epidemic of fentanyl. At Harvard, he was appointed as a research associate in neurobiology at Harvard Medical School. In a presentation in 96, he proposed that fentanyl and carifentanyl would become an epidemic, and he actually suggested some policies to prevent that from happening. He pretty much predicted the fentanyl opioid crisis by about 22 years. It, fentanyl really started exploding probably I don't know, three or two years ago, two or three years ago when mm -hmm. we started seeing a lot of, especially young people overdosing on fentanyl in where I'm from near the Baltimore area, it became a very big problem after the Freddie Gray riots because um, so many pharmacies ended up being looted and a bunch of fentanyl ended up entering, you know, the, the sphere of like drug trading or the streets. Yeah, the streets, which people say all the time, but that led to a lot of people overdosing and dying unfortunately so he predicted this by two over two decades so that's kind of just showing how smart of a guy this picard is this is around the time when he met his first wife deborah harlow they wed and had a daughter but later got separated deborah harlow was a bay area therapist who helped pioneer the use of mdma before it became illegal in 1985 she used it as a tool to help clients become more emotionally open she also worked on studies involving users of MDMA. I don't think it's a good idea to use this on your clients to make them more emotionally open or whatever. Oh, no. Seems kind of weird to me. So let's get into uh, Picard's famous acts. Most of that was just sort of background on him. Picard became involved with this man, another man who was a chemist named Clyde Apperson. Very, very talented guy. 
and Picard and Apperson started manufacturing LSD together in many different locations. Apperson's main job was the setup and takedown of the lab for which he was paid $150,000 every time they set it up and broke it down. So they moved the lab every two years to try to avoid suspicion, to not draw attention to themselves. In the early 1996, the lab was located in Oregon. It was moved to Aspen, Colorado, Santa Fe, New Mexico, then Ellsworth, Kansas. All of these labs were alleged to have produced a kilogram of LSD every five weeks. Now, when I say kilogram, a kilogram of pot or coke or heroin really isn't all that much, but a kilogram of LSD is about 10 million doses of LSD (laughs) with a street value of around $40 million. They were doing that every five weeks. I respect them. $40 $40 million every five weeks. Now, they weren't, them. they weren't selling it at the street level, mind you. They were selling it to, like, distributors and dealers, so they themselves weren't making that much money. But the sheer amount of LSD that they were creating is sort of like uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad and, like, meth and stuff like that. This is, like, sort of like a real-life equivalent of that. So Picard and Apperson became introduced to this man named Gordon Todd Skinner at a gathering of LSD dealers and chemists which to me if you're a drug dealer or like a drug manufacturer maybe don't go to a giant gathering of everybody who makes your drug if you don't want authorities figuring out who you are (laughs) yeah maybe maybe so this was at the home of jerry garcia if you know anything about uh the grateful dead you'll recognize the name he's the lead guitarist and vocalist of the grateful dead he since passed away but R.I.P. Skinner was the owner of an old Atlas E nuclear missile silo near Wamigo, Kansas. He was a very weird dude. He sort of bought this place with mommy and daddy's money and turned it into like this drug den. He lived inside this missile silo and he like had like very expensive furniture in there he had a bunch of like young women and a lot of drugs were coming in this man actually overdosed on fentanyl there and died and a lot of different stuff involving this missile silo so skinner was a very paranoid dude and he thought that after that man died of the fentanyl overdose at his place that the dea were going to be on to him So he ended up contacting them and sort of spilling the beans on his whole operation for really no reason other than paranoia, but drugs will do that to you. Mm -hmm. If you were going to be a smart drug dealer, I would suggest not, you know, doing the drugs that you were trying to sell. Uh, So he ended up contacting the DEA and he was like, look, if I give you someone bigger than me, will you promise to leave me alone? And they were like, sure. So he starts to move in and try to help the DEA get Picard and Apperson. So he convinces Picard and Apperson to sort of set up shop in his giant missile silo. And this is, again, in Wamigo, Kansas, which Kansas is sort of like an area that you that nobody there's not that many people and you wouldn't like suspect it in Kansas. There most LSD manufacturing was happening in the Bay Area in California at the time. So they, they move there. They sort of realize that um, something's kind of weird with Skinner. So, like, they kind of re- don't really want to do it anymore. So they end up packing up their stuff uh, into a rental truck and moving to a new location. 
but as they were leaving, they ended up getting pulled over by a Kansas Highway Patrol car, and it was the DEA trying not to arouse suspicion. However, Picard immediately recognized something was wrong, and he was a marathon runner, so he ended up taking off into the woods, <laughs> running away on a chase by men half his age who couldn't catch up to him, and he was not captured till the next day where he was found living in someone's barn wow. after a manhunt involving helicopters and tracking dogs. So Skinner received immunity in exchange for his testimony against Picard and Apperson. Authorities found six ounces of ergo ergotenamine tartrate during the arrest, which is used to make LSD. They also found chemicals required to make mescaline in Apperson's home in Sunnyvale, California. Mescaline is similar to LSD in terms of effects. Uh, both Picard and Apperson were eventually found guilty at a trial of conspiring to manufacture, distribute, and dispense 10 grams or more of LSD. Of course, it was a lot more than 10 grams. So this is the time where drug offenses were extremely high punishments. For this, he received two life sentences despite, you know, LSD not being addicting or very harmful, you know, to the human body. He receives two life sentences that's for a, that's doing That's a little it. bit excessive. And uh, Apperson receives 30 years. So that's a lot too. It's just LSD. Yeah, I know, but... This, especially this time, the DEA seems like they're just trying to look like they're important. Mm -hmm. The DEA says that after the arrest of the two, there was a 90% drop in LSD availability on the street. Wow. Which sort of they were is, really out here trapping, for real. So they were sort of trying to brag about how big of a deal Picard was. And he was a big deal, but Picard says there's no way that's true, that just him getting taken out means that nine like there's 90 percent less lsd out there this is also around the time where lsd is starting to drop off even picard says himself that it had been on the decline uh, and he has a lot he says that has a lot to do with the demand of mdma and other psychedelic drugs people were sort of moving on from lsd because lsd was like the first one they're moving on to newer ones mm -hmm. also around this time is when the band the grateful dead stopped touring they broke up and that stopped a huge distribution network of LSD because, again, there was so much LSD following that group all around the country. <laughs> they stopped touring in 1995. So Skinner, although he was given immunity in that case, he was eventually charged and convicted of another crime. He kidnapped an 18-year-old boy and assaulted him with a hypodermic needle. He also um, tortured his genitalia and like all okay. sorts of weird stuff. He ended up getting 30 years in prison, so he didn't get away scot-free. While serving in prison, Picard continued to research and write his concerns about um, fentanyl and the opioid crisis, because again, this guy does not believe in opioids. He is purely like a hallucinogenic, hippie kind of guy. He doesn't think opioids should be allowed. He doesn't think they should exist. Uh -huh. He also wrote a book in 2015 called The Rose of Paracelsus on Secrets and Sacraments, which you can't really tell what that book is about just from reading the title. It's like a light read, a nice it's afternoon like read. It's like a weird uh, blend between like an autobiography and fiction. So like some of it is based on his life, but then other parts of it are sort of fake. It's about these six chemists in an international drug organization. It's a very like well-reviewed book. 
and uh, a lot of people end up liking it. If you're like into that sort of LSD scene, maybe give it a read. He wrote all 656 pages of that book on pencil and paper, which sounds horrible to yeah, me because I like, hate. That sounds like hell. I hate writing on paper. I like me too. I can type so fast, but when it comes to writing, like my handwriting is shit. First off, and <laughs> it's just it's just not fun. And actually, it didn't all end up too bad for Picard because on July 27th, 2020, which isn't that long ago when we were recording this, he was released from prison at the ripe old age of 75. They kind of realized that, hey, maybe just dealing a lot of LSD is, should not require two life sentences. To die in prison, yeah. So he got released, and he has several Twitter accounts that he ah, tweets I'm gonna and, go follow. and uh, writes, and he's sort of still this well-respected man that was in academia does know a lot about about the drug world and uh yeah so he's still he's still alive he's still around i stand so you kind of see this weird conflict where you have sort of um a smart man like picard a very academically educated smart man who's sort of undone by this younger less experienced sort of idiots in mm-hmm. in the Skinner guy. And I guess this sort of is also a metaphor for the old drug world sort of getting undone by by the new drug world. And it's also like, I don't know, breaking bads like Walter White to Jesse Pinkman or or whatever. I've tried to watch that show so many times I just cannot get into it. I don't know why. It's a good show, but it seems like you it. don't I, I mean don't you what? don't watch TV that much. Yeah, that's true. You have a hard time getting into anything. That's true. It's my attention span. Yeah, so that's really the story of William Leonard Picard. They call him the Acid King, and there will probably never be another guy who makes that much acid. To to make LSD, you, you do need to be like sort of intelligent. Mm-hmm. The LSD that goes around these days is not... It, at least I've been told. It's like not pure. And that I've read is it's not pure because it's not made by people who really know what they're doing. They're criminals who are following like recipes. Yeah. They're not academically educated men like Picard or Apperson were. Yeah. So it's sort of fallen down a little bit. And since it's harder to make because it requires, you know, some brains than other hallucinogenic drugs, that's why LSD is so cheap, also though, which is... falling mm-hmm. a little bit. So yeah, that's about the story for today and uh you can follow what you don't know podcast on instagram at ydk pod sort of posting uh some more stuff when we get out of the summer well i'll have a lot more time to put to post some like behind the scenes stuff and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to that but definitely give it a follow we're always posting if you want to know what the next episode is going to be about or when the new episodes come out which is every Monday, but if you want the reminder, go ahead and give it a follow. If you want to talk to us, you can DM us right there through the Instagram page, or you can email ydkpod at gmail.com. And I think that's it. What do you think? I think peace out, Girl Scout. Yes. (laughs) Peace out, Girl Scout.